Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. out there in the land of crowdfunding how is everybody doing super super excited to bring you this new episode what are we on here i think this is episode 145 we're, we're, we're gonna hit 150 here pretty soon people we've been doing a lot of this that is awesome so today's episode i want to I wanna talk about it real quickly here because I think you're gonna to wanna to stick around for this. If you are somebody thinking about running equity crowdfunding, we are going to dive into the weeds big time on this. And we're gonna talk about stuff that you probably have never thought about. Um, but if this is where, if you wanna do equity crowdfunding, this is gonna be the podcast to listen to. I'm gonna be talking to Mark Roderick here in just a moment. He's an attorney uh, over in, out in New York, and he focuses on um, equity crowdfunding, regulation A+, uh, Reg D. I mean, this is his specialty. Um, he's also an investor, so we are gonna get in the weeds on what he looks for, why he invests in equity crowdfunding, his thoughts on it, where he, where he thinks um, the space is going. So there is a ton, a ton, a ton that we are going to get into. So that is coming up in just a little bit. So do not hit the pause button on this. Maybe skip forward if you want. Maybe you don't want to hear my, uh, you know, my, uh, my chatting, you know, my, my intro part, that's fine, but make sure you listen to the, the meat of this. All right, let's get to the appetizer portion. How's that sound for everybody? So what is going on? Well, as I'm recording this, today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there who's listening, or if you listen to this later, happy post-Valentine's Day. Hopefully, everybody's getting lucky tonight, you know? What's that song? Is that, uh, who sings that? Oh, I'm just brain farting a little bit, but hopefully you guys are having a great day. Maybe going out to dinner, taking the loved one, the significant other, maybe getting the time away from the kids. None of that stuff's happening here at One Wins Away, though, that's for sure. It's a work day. It's a work day. We've got kids' parties to plan tonight. We've got no money in the bank until tomorrow. It is boom, fight through it, fight through it, fight through it. That's what today is. So not not an awesome Valentine's Day. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, come on. I'm 39. I don't think Valentine's Day is supposed to be some, some magical thing, is it? I don't know. I don't know. But the kids are excited, man. Hopped up on chocolate. They're sprinting around here. I just got them out the door as I record this. Uh, they're off to school to hang out and have a have a big old party. But yeah, Valentine's Day. So what are you guys all doing? If you guys have some stuff, make sure you leave me some comments out on Facebook when you see this. Tell me what you guys are doing for Valentine's Day or what you did for Valentine's Day. Uh, make me jealous, right? Make me jealous. All right, so let's move on a little bit here. Let's talk about, I, I put up a new blog post that I'm, I'm very excited about. And I think it's... Um, I think it would be something that if you're if you've got a shoestring budget and you want to build an audience, which is more than likely anybody who's listening to this because you're doing crowdfunding and you don't have investors yet, um, go to my blog. It's called the Ten Easy Ways to Create an Audience on a Shoestring Budget. Yeah, it's one of the most recent blogs. And I want to read a couple of these and I want to talk about them just a little bit here. So the first one that I want you to think about is, and again, all of these things are not requiring giving money to Facebook. They require a little bit of uh, time and they require you to be persistent on it. That's what we're talking about here. So the first one is locate relevant YouTube videos that may have buyer intent and contact the content creators at, at, to insert a sponsored link above the fold. If you can get very niche in this, your audience is going to have a much, much 
they're going to enjoy the content much more and you're going to have a higher conversion rate. So what does this mean? Let's break this down a little bit here. It's very simple to go to crop, like literally go to YouTube and search your niche. I don't know, tennis shoes. You're, you're in the, you're going to make tennis shoes, work boots, uh, well, watches, whatever it is, find the best videos and you know, literally make a list of like 50 of them. Reach out to the content creators. See if you can sponsor it. See if you can, you know, partner with them. Obviously, they have an audience around that thing, right? Work with them in some level. The other thing you can do is if you get a list of those YouTube videos, you can run YouTube ads specifically just to target those videos. So if you can get your list up to like 50 or 100, right, you can run sponsored links inside of those videos. You can do uh, a 15-second pre-roll. I mean, there's all there's some stuff you can do at that point, but the, the the goal here is to go and find these actual YouTube videos and start connecting with those content creators. First thing to do, just takes a little bit of time, takes some searching on the old uh, YouTube land, and I'll tell you, put a few hours in, you'll probably get a pretty good list. So that's the first one to think about. Second one, and this has been around for a little while. I you know I still do this once in a great while, but I should do better at it, frankly. And this is actually one that I wrote. Uh, or I created specifically for myself here. It's using Quora a little bit more, and that's Q-U-O-R-A. So go and answer relevant questions to your niche and do it in a conversational style, right? So, and then also make sure you set up your profile correctly so that you have your proper CTAs in there, your bio, all that sort of stuff, basically why you're an expert. So like for me, I obviously answer questions around crowdfunding or building an audience or digital marketing or any of these sort of techniques I'm using. Go and answer those questions, right? And again, be a human. Don't go in there and say, well, everything would be fine if you bought my tennis shoes. Don't do that. Just answer the questions. If somebody's out there saying, hey, how do you manufacture tennis shoes? Like, what's the start? Answer that question. Hey, you might want to get your designs. Go, you know, get your prototype. You know, how do you do sizing? How do you communicate? I mean, there's going to be answers to all these questions. You just, you know, answer that stuff, create a community on that platform, and you will get traffic. Like you will literally get traffic. Um, there's a tool that I just started using that I'm going to recommend here too. And, and again, I'm not paid by these guys. This is just something that I'm using. The tool is called Find Better Questions. And with this tool, you can go ahead and search. Again, put your keyword in or your niche keyword in. And it'll show you sort of the uh, most relevant questions on Quora. And you can go in and answer them. This is, again, a very powerful thing here. So that's the, that's, that's the first two. And I'm going to do one more here. The third one is... You know, create a quiz funnel, right? Create a, a quiz around what you do. So let's just say you have a book that's photography for, you know, uh, do documenting climate change, right? We'll make a quiz of, of facts about climate change. So if somebody goes through that quiz, they answer 20, 10 questions, they score really well. I don't know, maybe they get uh, five or six photos from your photography book. Again, you have to be a little creative and think about what your niche is, what your audience might be into. But this is a great way to drive thousands of leads. Um, so you can send that to your email list. You can have share buttons off of this thing. These are things that, you know, maybe go into some Facebook groups and identify them and say, hey, I've got this quiz I, I would love for you guys to take about climate change if you're in a climate change Facebook group. And now start getting people to literally participate in answering questions. So those are three things that you could be doing right now that don't cost any money. The only one that might is if you wanted to run some Google ads to some very, very far, uh, very targeted focused YouTube videos. That could be something. But again, you don't have to. But these are things that, again, 
don't cost money. If you want to read more of these, again, go to our website, woodshed.agency. Go to the blog section. It's going to be the newest blog up there. And I think that this is just something that I, I put this out there because this is how, as an agency, our minds are thinking about it, right? Like, we want our project creators to get into the nooks and crannies of the internet to have conversations, right? Um, not to just go, uh, I'm not going to do something, I'm not going to participate. You've got to participate. You've got to be an industry leader. You've got to be an expert in the field that you're working on. And, and these are ways to, to, to do that. Um, it doesn't just require writing a blog every day that is 500 words or creating a podcast like we have. Those may be out of your scope, but everything right here is literally a few hours a week and will have long-term benefits. So I definitely recommend everybody going out and do that right. Um, you know, when you get some time here. So, all right, those are kind of my uh, my my a few techniques that you guys can be doing. I think will be really really beneficial for you. So, all right, a couple more things I need you to do here. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you go over to uh, successfully funded on our uh, Woodshed Agency page. Make sure you click uh, the subscribe button there. Go to iTunes. You can find us there. You can go to Anchor. We're over on there as well. Uh, leave a review. That would be very helpful. Uh, but yeah, so do those things. And uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking right now. We're gonna t- kick into my conversation with Mark Roderick. Uh, from the website crowdfund at me so that's crowdfund and then att like shortened for attorney um, ny.com and uh, I'll have a link to that in the bio and stuff too so you guys can go check him out and connect with him if you're thinking about doing an equity raise and you need an attorney to hold your hand through that process because it can be complicated so alright let's go ahead and keep my conversation with The red light is on. This is when all the pressure starts to set in. Uh, I hope you're not nervous, right? You're okay. I'm incredibly nervous. Yeah, I understand. It's 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 high pressure <laughs> podcast uh, edit, uh, uh, interviews here. So, well, let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? I actually had some fresh bread from Panera's uh, with butter and honey, and it's one of my special, my favorite things in the world to eat. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds tasty. Honey is oh, always good, man. Awesome. I love, you know, it's, it's, honey is really good, you know, on almost anything. It's, it's, it's really nice. It's delicious. Well, now you don't want to hear this, but I, I, when I was younger back in 1820, <laughs> um, I worked on a farm in Norway and we used to drive up into the Norwegian mountains and um, get fresh bread from a you know local bakery, but also the butter and the honey from those little villages. So the cows, <laughs> you thought we were talking about crowdfunding? No, no, no let's not talk about crowdfunding. Let's get into it. Yeah. The, the cows graze up in the mountain pastures and eat the, the wildflowers. And so their milk and therefore the, the butter from the milk is has this wonderful sweet taste and the honey from up there because the bees are just grazing on all this multitude of uh, all different species of wildflowers it's unbelievable i bet i bet so yeah um, every time i have bread and butter and honey that's what i'm thinking about That's that's a nice thought. I, I'm not thinking that my uh, my grandpa was a beekeeper, so I have this oh, like good. you know this secret love of like at some point I'm gonna not do a podcast with headphones on and be a beekeeper. I I don't know when, but at some point in my life, you know, that I'll, I'll I'll do that because uh 
I think that I love the art form of it. The whole thing, the whole, oh, the yeah. everything about Fantastic. it. And yeah. the smoke, you do the smoke oh, with yeah. the, and then the bees move in a big hive and you yeah. go capture them. It's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we got our sound check in. That's good. Okay, we're, good. We're, we're sounding solid. Uh, well, well, let's, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do and why we're, uh, why we're talking today. Well, um, who I am, my name is Mark Roderick, and I'm an incredibly serious lawyer who never jokes about anything. Um, I, I'm a corporate and securities lawyer, actually, and for the last 150 years or so, I've been representing entrepreneurs and their businesses in all kinds of things, sort of startup law, but a, a lot of real estate development. And when you do that, you... Uh, you help people raise capital because, you know, entrepreneurs always looking for capital. And then fast forward until about uh, seven years ago now, time flies, but the Jobs Act came on the horizon, this law that created crowdfunding. And so when I saw that law on the horizon, I said, this is going to be super cool. Yeah. and disruptive and transformative and democratize our broken capital formation system. And so I decided this is really where I'm going to focus my attention. And wow, mm. as a result, um, crowdfunding is basically all I've been doing for the last seven years. So that's what I do. I do crowdfunding, help people raise money, help crowdfunding portals get set up and yeah. everything in, in, in between. So that's, that's cool. That's who I am and what I do. That's great. So what was it back seven years ago outside of just seeing the law, but what, what is it that at the core sort of started drawing you to this uh, in terms of focusing on this uh, for your job and stuff? Like what, what, what were you yeah. seeing behind the scenes? Yeah, great, great question. So if, if you have ever tried pre-crowdfunding to raise capital in this country, you know um, how, how hard it is mm -hmm. and it, depended, I'm using the past tense, it depended on uh, private networks, meaning whom do you know? Yeah. Uh, you want to raise money. Um, in fact, Jeff Bezos just came out recently, not with the National Enquirer. <laughs> yeah, not that one. <laughs> but he, he, he was recently talking about he had to raise his first million dollars you know, for this thing that became Amazon. And it was the hardest million dollars he, he ever raised. Um, uh, and the, the way you had to do it is you had to start calling people. You'd call your lawyer, your accountant, your friend, your mother, your cousin, your uncle. Can, do you want to invest? Do you want to invest? And, and then they'd call maybe the people they knew. Mm -hmm. And it depended on where you lived. You know, if you live in Manhattan or Silicon Valley, heck of a lot easier to raise capital than if you lived in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And it depended on, you know, literally who your father is, who your mother is. Do they belong to the country club? What's your socioeconomic class? This series of disjointed, opaque inefficient, expensive private networks. So, and I am about to, to answer your question. When I saw the Jobs Act, so for the first time in history, the Jobs Act crowdfunding allows you to advertise, and in particular, to advertise online, to use the internet to raise capital. And it immediately clicked for me that, wow, 
just as we use the internet to do everything in our lives, and seems like every day something more, whether it's shopping on Amazon or ordering food or making travel plans, uh, you know, or finding a, a spouse, mm-hmm. um, we use the internet for everything because the internet does certain things really well. It doesn't do everything well, but right. what, what it does is connects people directly and it bypasses middlemen and it drives down costs and it creates efficiencies, sometimes brutal efficiencies that maybe in a perfect world we don't even want, but that's what the internet does. And when I compared this terribly dysfunctional, uh, well, terrible, that might be a little overstated, but this dysfunctional, very imperfect way that entrepreneurs have to raise capital, the internet is exactly what that system needed. Mm -hmm. The The system, needed entrepreneurs to be able to connect directly with investors, no middlemen. And so now in crowdfunding, if you're raising capital for that company, if you're the next Jeff Bezos raising that first million dollars, you can literally connect, no exaggeration, this afternoon if you want to, with every investor on the whole planet Mm -hmm. and that's what cl- this click. It's the internet coming to the capital formation industry. That's cool. Now, is there a certain type of crowdfunding that you focus on? Regular, regular A plus or CF, regular Reg D. What, what do you focus on mostly? So, so I see from that question that you you know about those those different things. Oh, yeah. um, so that's good. Um, so yeah, there are three different types. I focus on all three. I am all almost every day involved in in all three. Mm-hmm. Um, but my practice, being a very good <laughs> indicator of kind of the industry as a, as a whole, so most of the volume of crowdfunding, as you probably know, is in Title II, mm-hmm. Rule 506C, what you call Reg D crowdfunding. Yep. Those are all words for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Accredited investors only. So that's where most of the volume is the next greatest volume is in Title IV or Regulation A or Regulation A+. Those also are words for the same thing. Um, And that's where you can raise up to $50 million Mm -hmm. per year. Big deal, file with the SEC. So that's where the second greatest volume is and where the second probably biggest portion of my practice is. Title III is the new animal on the block. uh, you know, very limited amounts, very restrictive, very regulated, uh, small companies. Um, that is the newest thing, but the smallest volume right. and, and will continue to be. And that's perfectly fine. And so for me, that represents, I, I do a lot of that work, but the, the, that's a smaller volume of work. So all three kinds and each appropriate for a different business and it all works together. Now, do you find, so as an agency over here, I focus mostly on the smaller ones, right? The, the smaller startups. Do you find that it's, um, is it still traditional crowdfunding when you're starting to get into like raising $50 million or is it just as small of a system in terms of who's investing in that? So what I deal with a lot with using platforms like WeFunder, Republic and Start Engine, those types yeah. of platforms is it's smaller companies, but even at that point, the, the, the pool of potential investors is quite small. The average person has no idea what equity crowdfunding is. They just look at me like, what, you know, Oh, like Kickstarter is usually what 
the first right. thing that people respond to me. So do you find though that when you're up into like, you know, that raising $50 million for a, let's just say a big real estate thing, is that, it's called crowdfunding to some degree, but is it really crowdfunding? Cause a guy like me, who's unaccredited, I, I'm not really participating in, I'm not participating in that sort of stuff. How, how do you sort of think about those kind of things as, as you're kind of looking at stuff? Well, it's interesting. You should ask that question and interesting. You should say that because that's telling me the giving me market information um, that I didn't know. So it just generically, sort of cocktail, if you want to sound sophisticated, a cocktail party, and someone says, well, what is crowdfunding, really? And you can say, well, it's anytime you're raising money using the internet, that's crowdfunding. Makes you sound really cool, knowledgeable. That's why I do what I do. I know. I mean, yeah. Parties. That is not a bad life goal, I'll tell you. Um, um, but to answer your question, yes, it is absolutely it is absolutely crowdfunding. So let's think about it in terms of the investor audience, right? I mean, the reason crowdfunding is so cool and so important from a socioeconomic point of view is that not only can entrepreneurs for this first time reach every investor on the planet, but ordinary Americans like you and like me for the first time can invest in these fabulous deals that historically have been reserved for the super rich. So, I mean, I'm an accredited investor, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But f even for me, and even as a lawyer who's been, you know, representing real estate developers for decades, you just didn't get access to the deal quality. Mm. So regulation A is absolutely for people like you. In fact, it is specifically for people like you, people who are looking for good deals, who are um, sort of aware of the investment universe, mm -hmm. and who, because they aren't accredited, uh, can't participate in all those wonderful deals, you know, on Real Crowd and Crowd Street that are for accredited investors only. So yeah, the reggae deals are fabulous deals. I mean, I say this as, as a lawyer who represents these folks yeah. and, and does the deals as an investor. I invest in these deals. They are, they are terrific deals and absolutely are for you. So part of the investor education process is to demonstrate to people like you that Regulation A it is not, you know, the old way of raising $50 million is to go to a couple hedge funds mm -hmm. in, in Manhattan and just, you know, raise it from the billionaires, yep. okay? And that's where the money all used to come. Regulation A is pulling those deals from Manhattan into mainstream America and, and allowing people like you to, to participate. The, the people investing in those deals and the people participating in the Reg CF deals should be exactly the same people. Yeah, yeah. What do you see, or how do you see us getting this conversation more into people's homes? Because again, I'm in it every day and the amount of people who don't get it is, is shocking. And I know we're only about what, uh, well, this may will be three years that it's, right? Yeah. Correct. Three years? Yeah. 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 Um, 
So, you know, how does this continue to become more and more of a mainstream thing? And, and, and to the point where it gets maybe as sexy as something like the Robinhood app or eTrader or, you know, these sort of like app tech cool things, Acorn and all this other stuff. Where does, how does it get to that sort of level? Because that's something that currently we, we struggle with is this education process and, and, you know, letting these platforms sort of mature a little bit more and getting more and more everyday people to understand it. Well, I mean, that is probably the most important. You, you have just asked probably the most important question in the crowdfunding industry. Now, at the same time, you with your podcast are doing what needs to be done. You're doing a piece of it. I with my, you know, I write this crowdfunding blog that is a piece of it. This is all about investor education, investor awareness. So partly, you know, the invest investors, which mean all of us, we investment habits tend not to be in a linear way. If you've ever herded sheep, which I also did on my Norwegian farm, you know that what happens, you know, you're trying to get the sheep to go through a gate, they won't go, they won't go, they won't go. And then one goes, then boom, they all go. Yeah. And, and that tends to be how investors uh, what happens with investors too. Um, as people hear from their neighbors and their colleagues, wow, I, I invested in this deal and I, I actually did better than I did in my Vanguard you know, ETF fund. You're certainly going to start to see, and are, we are seeing more people participating. Um, you know, the, the number of people that participate has grown <laughs> very very rapidly, uh, even if not as rapidly as some had hoped. But I don't, I think as an industry participant, it would be wrong and a little cowardly of me not, you know, to pretend that, well, if those dumb members of the public would just understand this, they would invest because the industry needs to do a better job. It, the process needs to be simpler, more transparent, more standardized. So if you're on this side of the lens, the industry side, and you look and you view the crowdfunding landscape, it looks great. But I always tell people when I speak at conferences, let's try looking through the investor end. And and there it doesn't look... <laughs> yeah. We're, we're kind of, we are still as an industry in what I'd call beta version. Oh yeah. Okay. Big time. And, and, and you know, too, I mean, you know that if you sign up for some of these sites and you mentioned a few Republic start engine and stuff, what you see there and how you see it is not necessarily very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, yep. Um, we need to do a much better job in terms of presentation, transparency, standardization, Lots of other ways. Yeah. Uh, so we and I and I'm sure it's going to happen because look, it's just the internet. And once the internet comes to an industry, the travel industry, whatever it is, it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. You know, look at uh, the difference between the Amazon website of 1997 and Amazon's website today, and it's it's a very different animal. Yeah. How, how do you? You know, if, if since you're on the side of invest of investing, how how do you think it it what are you looking for, right, when, on, on a project when you're when you're looking at some of these platforms? 
you know, are you looking for, are you investing because you saw a Facebook ad or they were great on Twitter, they emailed you? Like if, if some, some, one of these projects is getting into your universe, what's making you decide to pull the trigger? Is it just the bottom line, the numbers? Or, or is it the story? What is it? I think there are two kinds of crowdfunding investment. And, and this is, in some, to some extent, roughly speaking, a difference between, say, Reg CF on the one hand and Regulation A on the other hand. There are some companies that just you have a personal attachment to. And that's why they, you know, the microbreweries have done so well. Yeah. A microbrewery is going to open in your town you like craft beer, as I do, yeah. and maybe they offer a reward. You know, if you invest a certain amount of money, you get a free, a new free beer every Thursday night, something like that. Maybe they don't, but you'd like it in your town. You think it's cool. Um, so there are those kind of, uh, you know, personal interest stories, investments, or on a more serious note, and there actually haven't been as many of these as I would have thought. But, you know, a company is uh, trying to develop um, a, a new treatment for new therapy for cystic fibrosis, for example, mm -hmm. breast cancer. Yeah. And you've been touched by that disease, either personally or a friend. And so, yeah, you say, what the heck, man? Um, let me let me participate. This is an important, meaningful thing. So there are those. Mm -hmm. Now on the, I'm just trying to make some money side. Personally, what I look for is track record. Uh, and I'm, when I'm preparing legal documents for one of these things, I'm <laughs> focusing on track record. You know, what have you done in the past? How can we uh, present that in the most effective way? And you get, and, and this is what I'm talking about. For example, I know of right now on the market a couple of multifamily Regulation A offerings with developers who, over the last 15 or 20 years, have just had a consistently uh, terrific, stable track record. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm investing in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm not that smart. And I, I don't say that with false modesty. I say it with real modesty, like the guy, you know, Winston Churchill remarked of someone, he's a very modest man and has much to be modest about. <laughs> but um, I'm not an expert. I've yeah. been representing these folks for, for decades, but I really don't know mm -hmm. how to pick real estate. So I, I think I'm in the same camp as, as most retail investors. So I want a track record. I'm going to believe that if a group has been doing it for 20 years, they, they probably know what they're doing. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a couple, look, two follow-up questions maybe to that. So the first one is, well, I'd love to get your take on this. So one of the things that I, I feel like I'm seeing as somebody who has sat on both sides of VC, getting some and, you know, being a decision maker, I am finding that a lot of the platforms are losing or, or are out of touch with that handshake or personal touch that you're talking about. And we're seeing it quite a bit on the platforms I mentioned earlier in terms of there still is this element of like, I need to see you. I need to know who you are. I'm not just going to put in $20,000 into a random website. This is not an Amazon purchase. This is, you know, I need to know who you are. Right. Um, and I think the, the, the portals are, aren't doing a very good job of that. Is that, now that's, that's interesting to me to hear do you, you say see, that. Yeah. Do you see like, 
do you, how do you feel in that in, in regards to that? Is that something you've seen or, or how do you feel about that when you're just going to a random website and going, yeah, let me just put some money in here in this. And, and some of the platforms are a little archaic too in that where it's not smooth and then it's buggy and it's like, what am I doing here? You know? And, and yeah. I'm wondering how you think about some of that sort of stuff. Well, I, I think that's what makes real estate such an attractive, um, you know, investment asset class for crowdfunding. Way back when crowdfunding began, as you might recall, because it does involve the internet, everyone, me included, thought this is going to be about high-tech companies, yep. you know, cool websites, the next Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And then very brief uh, before things had gotten too far, in fact, I think before it was even legal, I actually wrote a blog post and I said, well, you know, you know, these companies like that are hard to invest in from 2000 miles away because mm -hmm. you don't, you don't get to shake hands. So, you know, I think actually real estate might be a good candidate <laughs> and then, and, and that has indeed turned out to be true. I totally agree with you. I have a hard time investing in an idea, mm -hmm. um, someone's idea, the person that I, someone I don't know, um, I have a very hard time investing from 2000 miles away in that company. If I don't now, again, if it's a cystic fibrosis therapy, maybe I do mm -hmm. because I just have a personal interest in that. But otherwise, I'm, I'm probably going to choose the multifamily deal. Right. It's interesting. You keep mentioning um, like the cystic fibrosis or some sort of like medical maybe where it's, yes. it just seems like a no brainer, right? Like, Oh, you know, and I actually worked on a campaign that basically has a cure for leukemia and it, 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 it was not an amazing campaign and we had investors. It should have been a home run. The track record was there. Everything was there. And I stood back on it and I, and I really started to realize that a lot of the communication I was getting that there is a certain type of investor who invests in medical. They know the language, they know the, they, they just know that world. And I think that when I look back on this, when I, when I look at our own, like, you know, let's, let's debrief yeah. ourselves here. Yeah. I found that, that, that that's an investor type. And I'm wondering about some of these platforms, that, you know, again, cause I was, you, we were using WeFunder. So you have a tech product thing, you have a movie studio thing leukemia kind of thrown. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That if, if it was a little bit more seg segmented, like, Hey, this is medical. This is, and, and those type of investors were looking there. It might've done better. And I, I, I'm wondering if like, have you seen anything along those lines? Cause I, I kind of felt like I was nuts during the whole campaign. Cause I was like, we're solving leukemia. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, terrific, terrific question or, or issue to raise. Now, what kind of campaign, what, what type of crowdfunding? So it, it was a, a uh, um, it was on WeFunder. So it was a title, uh, okay. uh, title, title three, title three. Sorry. Yeah. I was just brain farting there for a second, but yeah, title so, three. Were you able to, like, did you get the mailing list for the American Leukemia Society or anything like that? So, no. Um, so, as an agency, we, we found that whenever crowdfunding is involved, a lot of these companies, they get real skittish, you know, where they just get like, whoa, you're raising money? Uh, we need money. Okay. So, so it, 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 again, it's a fine line. And I still feel like, you know, this is the Wild West right now for us, too. So, it's just like, well, let's see what these best practices look like. How do we frame this sort of stuff? Um, so yeah, I mean, we wanted to, but we have found in the past that it, we just kind of run into brick walls on a lot of that. Well, I, I think in answer to your question, and I'm just speculating. So I think you were too early. And in fact, 
right at the beginning, there were a couple of two terrific um, Title II crowdfunding sites devoted specifically to medical. Mm. And and I, I know at least one of them just failed completely, and I think the other one did too, because medical is really traditionally very, very hard. It, yeah. it's, it's hard to interest professional investors in anything medical because it's a huge wait. You know, the therapy's years and years and years to wait, no revenue, very capital intensive. And so what, with the benefit of hindsight, I, what had happened for them and probably happened to you is the the retail, the larger retail public just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. You were, you were only attracting, um, and these folks were only attracting the people who have always invested in those deals and they're extremely picky yep. and they don't invest much. Yeah. So I think we just market per, you know, the conversation we had earlier, the market just hadn't yet evolved to include enough ordinary Americans. Yeah. And I think it will, but, um, you know, when that happens, who the heck knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, you know, if somebody's coming to you off the street and says, I, I, I've got, I don't know, a restaurant, a, a microbrewery, whatever they've got, what do you start telling them? What are the processes to kind of get this ball rolling? What are, what are the expectations that you're setting up for them as to how to be successful? The first thing I tell people is, uh, crowdfunding is not a technology business or if you're in the restaurant, you know, it's not the restaurant business. Crowdfunding is a marketing business. It is not build it and they will come. Um, you have to be able to sell a story. Um, and it's hard. And I'm, I know I'm speaking to the, uh, preaching to the choir here, but it is really hard to get people to write checks. Yeah. And so the first question is I, I, I ask the company, you know, do you have any reason to think you're, you're going to be able to, to raise this money? Uh, I've had a lot of companies call me and they have a great business, but it's a boring business. It's a uh, equipment manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah, nothing sexy about it at all. Nothing sexy, no story. They're not saving the bumblebees yeah. in Mexico or anything like that. And I tell them they're just probably not going to be successful yet. Again, will the market develop? Probably, but they're not going to be successful yet. Um, so I I want to have that conversation right away because the last thing I want to do is is – take people's money, has their, have their crowdfunding raise fail, and then they're unhappy and blah, blah, blah. So that's the first thing that we talk about. Um, how much marketing dollars, you know, they, people always want to know <laughs> what's the legal fee, how much is it going to cost? And, and of course, that's a legitimate question. And I tell them, but I also tell them, but the marketing cost is going to be multiples of that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, and then the conversation goes, okay, you know, you got a good story. You, you think you can raise money. It's an interesting company. It's a good financial story. 
what kind of crowdfunding should we use? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a conversation I have pretty much every day. Should we yeah. use Title Three? Should we use Title Two? And if one of these makes some sense, where are you going to sell it? What's the distribution channel? Because as you know, there just aren't that many distribution channels. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's real estate, you know, there are a couple top sites. There are a few second tier sites, what I would say. But as yet, the market has not developed in the way that I think it eventually will. I would have thought it would have happened by this time where you'd have one site, you know, for New York City commercial space and this one for San Francisco office space and all these different segments. It, it hasn't worked out that way yet. Um, and if you're not talking about real estate, what do you, what's your distribution channel? There, there aren't many of them. Um, and then, of course, the, there's the possibility, which many people choose, well, we'll do our own website. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the conversations. It's, yeah. yeah, I want you to jump over some pretty high hurdles before you start spending money. Right, right. How about in terms of like a timetable? What do you usually, you know, they, they, they've they checked off the boxes that you mentioned. Okay. But what do, you, what do you start saying in terms of like, hey, you know, you should be expecting this is six months, five months, a, three, a month. What, what do you start telling people to get them ready, um, you know, for this campaign? Well, the, the question that people ask me is how long is it going to take for me to do all the, the, the legal stuff? And the, the answer that I always give them is, well, I can do it in a week if it has to be done in a week, but it usually takes a few weeks. Now, a Regulation A offering is a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, Regulation A offering from soup to nuts is probably five months. But Title II, Title III, it's a matter of a few weeks. And they tell me, then they ask, well, how long will it actually take to raise the capital, you know, once I'm live? And I say, well, I don't know. Ask the the portal. But and And you probably know the answer to that question as well as I do. I think, I mean, some deals... Um, get funded right away. Some, I mean, deals are being funded within hours. On the, the other end of the spectrum, I would say if a deal is not funded in 60 days, it's probably not going to be funded. Yep. Um, so it's actually not, crowdfunding is not a real long drawn out process um, relative to how long it used to take to raise capital back in the battle back in the battle pre crowdfunding days, but those are the the general kinds of timelines. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, where do you see kind of what you you know a year from now? I mean, again, we're only three years in. It still is. You use the word beta. I think that's a great way to describe it. Where do you sort of see like the next year, maybe two years, going for equity crowdfunding? What do you see any big changes on the horizon, or is there any like SEC stuff that you're seeing come down the pipeline in terms of changes or you know things that you can and can't say in marketing wise? What, what do you see kind of coming down the road? I I do not see any significant legal or regulatory changes. Um, I think the rules are going to stay about the same. I I don't think the definition of accredited investor is going to change anytime soon. I don't think the Title III limits are going to be uh, increased anytime soon. So no, I don't I don't see big changes on the regulatory horizon. I think it's just going to be a steady growth 
um, as investors and entrepreneurs become, you know, more and more aware. Mm -hmm. I, I, back when we started, you know, no one knew what crowdfunding was. Certainly weren't any podcasts about crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've come a long way, but as, as you know, um, you can still stand up in front of a room and have people not know what equity crowdfunding is. So, you know, can you stand in front of a room today and have nobody know what a mutual fund is, right? Everyone knows what, what mutual funds are. So there's a big distance. And I think that is just going to be a market driven incremental process. I, I do think because it's just the internet that within five years, I think certainly on the real estate side, you know, anyone looking for capital is going to think about crowdfunding first. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be just some bizarre choice. It's just, you know, you want to make an airline reservation today. What do you do? You go online. And, and, and I think, um, and you know, even on the less serious side, if, if you're single and you looking to not be single, what do you do today? You, you, you know, get an app. go get an app. You know, yeah, go, go get a bunch of apps. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's how this industry is going to evolve. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the version, you know, if we're in beta now, I don't know what version 3.0 looks like. I, I have from a lawyer's perspective, some ideas, what it should look like, what it could look like. Um, uh, but I don't know, you know, right now, we are, even though it's all internet based, we are still using paper paradigms, mm-hmm. right? You, you go and look at these deals and it's a 150 page PDF. And that, if you think about it, that's really nonsensical. Yeah. We have, the capabilities are uh, so much greater in terms of access to information and, um, you know, all the things that you can do visually using the technology. I mean, we're talking to each other here. Right, right, right. And, and yeah. I mean, I, the, one of the biggest ones I get, and I, I one of my, uh, my, I run a dad's beer night, uh, and one of our lawyer, um, one of my dads that go to it is a SEC lawyer, right? So I, I, I pick his brain all the time, and I've been meeting with him because I have a healthy amount of international clients that are calling me trying to do equity crowdfunding, and I just, Man, like I don't know the rules for every country, and where, you know you're in Australia. What, I don't even know how we could figure out a way. Have you, you know, do we move your business here somehow? So we're trying to find ways to like, how do we make this easier? Because it really should be a global thing. If you, you know, again, it should be. Should be. I understand it probably will never be, but whatever it might be, it's. But we're having those conversations of like, well, how could we at least approach this and, and make this possibly happen? Yes. Um, so it, it, it will look um, a lot different than it looks today. It, it will be better um, in version 3.0, but I'm not exactly sure what, what that's going to look like. I'm, I'm sure that it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no doubt about that. I don't think it's going to be blockchain driven. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. <laughs> the, the block, the whole actually... The block, whole crypto blockchain thing, I think, has, in the short term, has really been an impediment to the crowdfunding world because it has diverted everyone's attention. Like we're, yep. 
we're trying to build this house. We got the foundation in, we're putting in the first floor. And then suddenly, wow, look at that thing across the street. Yeah. Look, look yeah. at that solar eclipse. Let's yeah. focus on that. Let's right. only look at that. I hear you. And so yeah. even these companies, as you know, Start Engine, for example, is kind of pivoted. I know. Oh, now, we're, now we're a blockchain company. I know. And I, get, I get a gazillion calls of companies who are struggling over there because I'm like, I, I, I don't know what you're, you're blockchaining an app for some shopping thing. I, it, yeah. I don't know. And, <laughs> yes. And, and now maybe it will come, you know, technology has jumps all around. It's mm -hmm. not linear in, in the hist world history of technology. So maybe somehow it'll, the blockchain will come back and, uh, have a benefit for the crowdfunding world per se, but it, it has temporarily really <laughs> diverted attention uh, away from just basic fundamental capital formation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. It's good to know that I'm not nuts. Sometimes I sit over in Detroit here and I think I'm nuts about some of these things, but Hey, you're having some of the same conversation. Oh, no. No. It's good to hear. It's validation. Uh, but so, you know, what about on like the marketing side? What are you, you know, um, I struggle with this because I'm trying to make sure I'm always compliant with everything and what, what I'm putting on a Facebook and, you know, an email, Instagram, what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Where do you see, do you see that sort of world light continuing to lighten up or do you, do you see, I feel like the SEC is still trying to catch up, you know, just they're not, you know, the rules are being wrote for what we were doing on the internet two years ago. And, and as a guy who does most of the marketing in terms of Facebook ads and using emojis and animation videos, trying to tell this story, you know, sometimes you get the hand slapped a little bit because you're trying to like, again, weave your way through this. What do you, how do you talk, tell clients about this? How do you talk about it in terms of like, Hey, this is, this is the world we're in right now for marketing. Well, I mean, <laughs> I talk about marketing a lot. Um, and that's one of the benefits of, you know, Rule 506C or Title II crowdfunding because, man, in that world, you can do anything, all that stuff. There's, you know, one of the – sometimes when I'm on a, moderating a panel of lawyers, I'll say, okay, now tell me what kind of advertising is not allowed in Title II. And everyone, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> and it's a trick question because the answer is none. Really? You can do anything. Yeah, I didn't even know that one. That's interesting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so – the Title III world and the Title IV world are different. I do think the Title III advertising rules are really needlessly complicated. So as you know, there's this rule that if you mention any of four things, then your advertisement has to be really limited. Mm -hmm. And those four things don't make any sense. Yeah. Like when our offering closes, Right. Is that like super important information or are we selling common stock or preferred stock? That's one of the four terms of the offering. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And it would be nice if the SEC kind of got rid of that rule. Um, now, within those rules, I, I actually think I get, you know, I represent a, a bunch of Title III portals and they will ask me, you know, what about this? Can we do this? I find there is always a way. You, you, there's always an effective way to advertise, even without crossing those ridiculous yep. boundaries. But I do wish those boundaries would be taken down. Title Four, I actually get most of the advertising questions about. Title Four is a world in which most 
entrepreneurs do not feel comfortable at the outset. It's the world of big company securities regulation. Mm -hmm. And you there you really do have to be very, very careful. And the marketing people get so angry with me because here, Mark, here's our draft website. What do you think? And I go, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. So um, it, it is certainly, it's a, uh, it's a transition for your typical entrepreneur to go from the world wild, wild west, which is title two, to regulation A, which is big company Wall Street yeah. rules. Um, now, crowdfunding is a marketing business. I think there's so much opportunity in the crowdfunding world for marketing expertise. Mm -hmm. There's a few players in that world now, but man, that that's where all the action is. Yep. You know, uh, telling the story, being effective communication. Uh, if if I we're starting, and I, and you told me, well, in the crowdfunding world, do you want to be a lawyer or a marketing guy? I'd probably say a marketing guy. Yeah, I, I, that's that's why I'm on my side because I, I think it's just going to change more and more. And and I'm getting, I mean, for us in particular, we have a lot of portals reaching out because I think the portals, well, they did a good job of you know getting everything built behind the scenes, dashboards, and all the tech side of that stuff. And then they, you know, some of them did a great job of getting pools of investors to actually invest on the platform. But all of them forgot about marketing. I've been a part of three portals that just died because they brought, I was like the Winston Wolf of Pulp Fiction, like save our portal. Like we got all these campaigns, but nothing's funding. It's like, you didn't, you, you literally just launched them. You didn't, <laughs> yeah. you didn't do any, that's not the actual work, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so like on our end, I think we're starting to see the portal starting to understand that they have to do a better job of educating the, the businesses that it is not a, we launched, you know, we built it, they'll come type of vibe. Yeah, no, it you is really not. got to put that time in. So like when people ask me, I, I can I answer my own question. I asked you when they ask me how long it is, I'm like, you got to give me like three to five months to go and tell a story and get people excited. And the, the paperwork is all right. Two weeks. Like you said, you know, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. We hit the launch button when we're ready, but that's not the, it, that's not the work. <laughs> the work is all this other stuff. And, and I think, I think, well, I know a couple of portals that have literally, we have conversations weekly now that they're like, oh yeah, we're getting it. We got to, we got to do a better job. And, and they've, a lot of them too, they've tapped their investor pools too much too, where it's just like, you know, yes. hey, 14,000 investors. Well, they, they can't, you know, if you got 200 projects a week going up that like <laughs> they're, they're, they're checking out, you go find some more investors. You got to go do these things. So we're seeing that on our end here is just. Yeah, it's the marketing side. Is and 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 are you saying are these portals starting to um, spend more money on on marketing? Not quite. They're asking not the clients quite. to do it. Yeah, because I think that they're well. Well, some of them, if I'm not mistaken, you can tell me if I, I I'm pretty sure I, I'm familiar on this. Like you know, Title Three, they can't technically, right? They um you know they can't actually promote a a, a a company, right? They can't promote a company to the exclusion of, of other companies, but they, yeah. they can promote their own brand. Right. But yeah, and that's, and see, and that's been the sticky point. So what we've been having some conversations is that some portals are running Facebook ads only for certain projects. And I, I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, you could promote yeah. yourself, right? You know, but I don't know if you should be running Facebook ads 
particularly for clients. And I learned this from the Kickstarter days because that's why Kickstarter basically was, they, they, you know, they have a projects we love, but they're not out running ads for like the best product, you know, one of their products that they love more than, it's not, it's not a fair balance. Well, you, what you can't be doing is, yeah, that's a whole legal conversation. You can't be giving investment advice. And, and if you're saying or implying, listen, of all the companies on our site, we think this is going to most likely to be successful. You, you cannot do that. Yeah. Um, you can randomly pick a company, our Tuesday special of the week, you know, mm-hmm. right. things right. like this. But, but anyway, and to your point earlier, not sure it makes sense for anybody that portals have to think about these rules. <laughs> um, and, you know, most, most portals probably need to be better capitalized yeah. than they oh, are yeah. today. I, um, I, 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 yeah, it's, that's an example. I had one where uh, I was like a company that was calling me was probably like 10 times more funded than the platform. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that doesn't make, make sense. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. You're not, you know, so we're, we're barking up the wrong tree here. I, I think I pushed him to somebody else, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a ton, man. It, 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 we could probably talk all day on this. So where can people like dive in more to your world, read your blogs, connect with you? How, how do people connect to you and stuff? Well, most, well, people find me all sorts of ways, but I will give you my blog address, which is, um, yeah, uh, it is crowdfund and then attny.com. So, yeah, I don't won't spell it again. Crowdfund, kind of abbreviation for attorney, attny.com. Um, our de- technology department recently put this device on my desk that apparently if you press the following numbers this device rings it's a telephone uh and my telephone number is 856-661-2265 so or you type my name into google with crowdfunding mark roderick crowdfunding you will find it Forge, I hope so. <laughs> you will find it pretty easily. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put I'll put this information too. Uh, so if, if anybody's listening, and you want to go to the website that this is hosted on. I'll have all that info in there so that we can get those direct links to you. But but Mark, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. This was a great conversation and great conversation. I love, yeah, Thanks, I always man. love this stuff when I can learn stuff too. So this was great. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. Bye now. How about that conversation, man? I definitely learned a ton. Mark, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day here. We, we almost talked double um, what, what the allotted time was. We just were, uh, were definitely in the groove there. So, Mark, again, great conversation. Thanks so much. And again, everybody, equity crowdfunding is, is a very powerful tool that's out there right now. So we want to make sure that if it's something that's right for your business, it, man, it could it could do wonders for it. But you got to set it up right. You've got to get make sure all the paperwork is in uh, intact. And then you've got to put together a great marketing plan with a with a solid story it's just what it is so again make sure you reach out to mark if you have any questions i'll put his link and uh, his website and stuff in the bio so go check that out um all right guys so i hope you guys all have a great valentine's day i put a little uh like a good love making song on the old at the end of this year it's called say you will yeah i wrote this one a while ago um so hope you guys can turn this up and uh kiss those sweeties and have a great rest of the day and uh i'll talk to you all next week the situation might get out of hand tonight The jukebox in the corners Playing a song and memories flooding Man, it's unbearable But I'll take memories over the burden placed on my
feel that 